We'll be in Romans chapter 15 as we continue our Bible study, uh, going through the Scripture, uh, looking at, uh, as Christians, our different responsibilities one to another. And again, before we started uh, diving into this and studying it, I didn't realize uh, how many uh, responsibilities there is in the Bible that we have toward one another as Christians. And uh, you know what? I will say this. Uh, if, if you don't like being around God's people now, you're not going to like heaven very much. Amen? Because we're going to be together for all eternity. Amen? And so, uh, you know, I thank God just wants it to kind of be a little bit of like heaven on earth. Amen? And for us to uh, demonstrate the type of love for one another as He has for for us, and we'll look at that tonight. Romans chapter 15, to find your place, stand with me together as we read the verse here. We're going to begin reading in verse 4, we'll read down through verse 7. The Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 is our text for us. Verse, wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord, we do love you tonight, God. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be here, Lord, in your house. And God, I pray that you'd speak to us tonight through the teaching and of your word. Lord, I pray that you'd give us some things that would help us. And, and Lord, help us to be more like you, God. I pray that every message we hear, Lord, it would uh, more conform us to the image of your Son. Bless us, we pray. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What a beautiful passage of Scripture here. Again, notice what he says there in verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we, now, now here's some words that we don't necessarily like, but it's important, through patience. Amen? Right? And uh, you've heard it said before, there's a few things you should never pray for. Never pray for God to give you patience and never pray for God to humble you. Amen? Because uh, those are prayers I promise you God will answer. And uh, But it, truth be told, uh, we... We, uh, the, the Christian life must be lived, if it's going to be lived right, must be lived through patience. Have you figured it out yet that God's timetable is not our timetable? Amen. And I often say this, we're the microwave generation. We want it when we want it. That's not how God works. Amen. And it takes patience. And what, what is it through patience? Through patient, and look at this next phrase, and this is not what I'm preaching on tonight, but man, what a powerful statement. And comfort of the Scriptures. I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's many, many benefits to having a relationship with the Word of God, but that's one of them right there. Amen? Comfort of the Scriptures. And uh, you got a heavy heart, I promise you. You start getting in the Bible, and uh, God will relieve that heavy heart. And uh, the comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. I mean, those are things God wants for us to have in our lives. In fact, truth be told, if if a person allows themselves to slip into the uh, place of despair, a place of no hope, that's not coming from God. I can tell you that right now now. That's a tactic of the enemy. God gives us an escape from that. Now, the God of patience, there's that word again. By the way, God is the God of patience, okay? We're not getting around this thing of patience, all right? He's the God of patience and consolation. Grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Now, we we are not going to talk about that tonight, but that could be one on the list, that we be like-minded one toward another. That's speaking of the unity we have in the Holy Spirit of God. By the way, think about it for a minute, how unique the church of Jesus Christ is. It's literally made up of people 
people from all different races, all different nationalities. But yet, you know what? We can still, even though we have different backgrounds, and yes, even though we have different opinions about things, amen, we can still be like-minded. You know why? The unity of the Spirit of God. In fact, if a person is not like-minded, it's because they're not in the unity of the Spirit. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, there's a thought-provoking verse right there. Are we with our minds and with our mouth glorifying God? By the way, not just with our mouth, although that we talk about that a lot, don't we? But with our mind. The things we think about. Now let's get to our text verse tonight, verse 7. Wherefore, receive you one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So here's the responsibility, is to receive one another. That word receive, it's, it's the, um, it means to, uh, means to take to oneself. To take to oneself. In other words, it means this. You know what? We are to take to ourselves other Christians or have a friend attitude toward other Christians. Accept other Christians. And again, by the way, look at the, the comparison here. How should we? Okay, what's the litmus test? Uh, what's the standard of how we're to receive one another? Well, uh, he doesn't leave us in the dark here, does he? Here's what he says, Wherefore receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. By the way, when you came to God, guess what? We came with all of our problems. We came with all of our sin. We came with all the bad things and and the scars and all the horrible things that sin had done to us. We came and guess what? He received us anyway. Amen? And by the way, he didn't ask questions. If we were willing to to uh, uh, trust in him and put our faith and trust in him, you know what? He was willing to wipe the slate clean. Thank God for that. Amen. Aren't you glad for justification, the doctrine of justification? That means when you receive Christ, God looks at us, but the fact that we're just as if we've never sinned. Because he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees the blood of his son. Amen. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ is. No wonder the devil sneaks into quote, quote, churches and, and gets them to deceive them into taking songs about the blood out of their songbook. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, that'll never happen in this church. Amen. Hey, we'll sing about the blood. We'll, by the way, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The power of the blood to justify us. Man, praise God for that. Now, you know what? As Christ did that for us, notice what else it says. Received us, notice this last phrase, to the glory of God received us to the glory of God. Man, that is powerful. Amen? So guess what? That's the standard. Okay? That's what we're to do one to another. That means this. Okay? And by the way, you know what you're going to find out? Okay? As you begin to work with people and you begin to get down in the trenches and and do as we're supposed to do, go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in and go out reaching sinners, you know what sinners are going to have? They're going to have sin. Okay? And I'm just going to tell you right now, not, not everybody's all polished. In fact, m- most people aren't, right? You've heard the old saying that, uh, that uh, we catch them and let God clean them, amen? Right? Where fishers have been. You can't clean a fish until you first catch it. It's got to be caught first, right? And that's what the gospel does. It catches and then God begins the process of what's known as sanctification, where He begins to, through His Word and, and through the help of mature Christians, get people to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. By the way, that's a process, amen? That does not happen overnight. Okay, come on, babies that are born, man, they grow up. I can't believe how quick they're growing up around here, but guess what? They, they're not adults overnight. 
And you know what? Uh, uh, people that we're reaching, people we're trying to help, we got to understand that they're not going to have it all together the first two, couple, two, three, four months, amen? Or even the two, three, four years. It takes time to grow in the Christian life. And it takes mature Christians to understand that. And again, folks, I'm not talking about justifying and putting up and sweeping sin under the rug. I'm not talking about whatsoever. But I'm, I am talking about with compassion and with truth, amen, truth, confronting people with the truth of the Word of God in a kind, Christ-like spirit, helping them grow and receive them to ourselves. Amen? And you know what? That's what we're to do. By the way, you know what people want? They just want someone to care. They just want someone to care. They just want someone to be real and genuine and not this fake, you know, uh, pseudo-Christianity stuff. Okay? In, in name only. No, they want to see the fact that somebody cares about it. I'm going to tell you right now, just the fact that you prove you care, your actions speak louder than words, I can tell you that. And by the way, your actions mean, uh, your words mean nothing if they're not backed up by action when it comes to us as Christians proving our love to other people. So we are to receive one another. Let's look at some examples of this of Scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And we see this all through the Gospels here as Jesus uh, said this many a times when referring to uh, receiving. Matthew chapter 10, let's look at verse 40. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. It says this, talking of course to His disciples, He that receiveth you receiveth Me, and he that receiveth Me receiveth him that sent Me. Verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet receiveth a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receiveth a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. And Jesus here is talking about uh, receiving or this idea of taking to yourself a different, you know, different types of people, he says here. First of all, he's talking about the disciples. All right, and the fact that you know what, yes, people will receive you, okay. And by the way, that uh, exemplifies for us what our attitude ought to be to other servants of God, that we ought to receive them. And uh, and, and I think you do a great job with the church. But listen, when we have guest preachers in here, and we have uh, other servants of God that come through here, you say, preacher, why are you always bringing people in? Why are you always having these tour groups come in, and and these other guest preachers coming in? Well, first of all, I'm doing it for the benefit of our church. Amen. All right, we we need we need that. In fact, that, that those are biblical offices that can come and be a help to the church. But let me just say this: it's not just about us uh, receiving a blessing from them; it's about us uh, being a blessing to them. Amen. I'm going to tell you, sometimes, folks, you know, it's, and if you don't get out and you don't travel and you don't go to other churches, you don't understand. You th- I mean, our world consists of White River Baptist Church and what's going on here. But I'm going to tell you, not every church is like this church, right? And I, we're not a perfect church by any means. Amen? And I'm not bragging on us. I'm bragging on God. But God's doing some good things here. And you know what? A lot of times those folks are traveling and they don't get experience what they get experience here. When they come to a place like this, it's a breath of fresh air to them. Amen? And we need to receive um, uh, servants of God. In fact, Jesus said, He that receiveth, uh, uh, he that receiveth you receiveth me. I mean, if hey... If I were to tell you Jesus Christ was going to be here next Sunday preaching, you'd be here. I guarantee it. Okay? But Jesus said, if you receive one of my servants, it's just like receiving me. That's what He says. And not only that, it's not just like receiving Him, it's like receiving Him that sent Him. 
What if I were to tell you God the Father was going to make an appearance and be here and preach behind the pulpit? You definitely would be here for that. Right? But Jesus said, look, you received My servant, you received Me, and you're not just receiving Me, you're receiving My Father who sent Me. That's powerful, is it not? You know why? Because God chooses to reveal Himself through His servants. That's His plan for the church age. Okay, God doesn't come down to us in this dispensation we're living in and speak through a burning bush. He doesn't come and, and appear through dreams the way He did to some of the prophets in the Old Testament. No, He speaks to us through His Word and through the preaching of His Word. That's His plan for the church age. And if you're going to hear from God, you've got to do it God's way. Amen? Well, what a powerful thing there. Then He talks about verse 41, receiving a prophet. And then he, then he goes all the way down to verse 42. talks about receiving one of these little ones or give it to, uh, a drink into one of these little ones. By the way, let me say this, folks. Jesus loves children. Okay, Jesus loves the little children. All right, it's not just a cute little song. Maybe you've heard. We don't. I don't. I think we've sung it around here very much. But Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in His sight. And Jesus loves children. This idea, in fact, the disciples tried to keep the the kids away from Jesus. Oh, they're going to bother Him. He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Suffer ye not the little children to come unto Me." And He used that as an example of the type of faith we need to have to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the simple faith of a little child. Amen? And so, yes, it's important that, that we receive little children. And uh, you know what? I'm always thankful and, uh, for, for these children that, that, that are around the church here. Amen? And uh, you know, I, you know, I, I know within reason we don't want them knocking folks over and that kind of stuff. But listen, I love the fact that there are kids here. And you know what? I'm not going to fuss if kids you know, drop stuff on the carpet and you know, make a mess. I'm, I, that doesn't bother me one bit. By the way, what's the Bible say? Where there's no ox in the crib or clean, right? But much increased by the strength of the ox. Listen to me, folks. You got people, you got kids, you're going to have messes. Big whooping deal. I know a pretty good carpet later. You can fix it. Amen? <laughs> Who cares? All right? And uh, talking about Caleb, of course, right? No, <laughs> just kidding. He's not that good yet. So uh, he does have a good teacher who's trying to get him there, though, okay? Uh, but uh, listen, <laughs> yeah, no, not you, Jeremiah. So, no, no. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Guess what? You know what we got back in that room? Extra paint. You know what we got back in that room besides a bunch of junk? We got drywall mud. Who cares? You know what? I would rather have the kids, the people, the messes than have some pristine building that we treat like a museum. That's not what this building's for. Amen? We're to receive those types of folks. That's what Jesus said. Amen? Go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And again, let's look at the, uh, the context here. I, I pretty much just preached these verses. I should have waited until I read these verses, but we'll read them anyway. Notice what he says, verse 37. Uh, in fact, let, let's back up to verse 36. I love this verse. Man, this is, man, this is, this will do something to your heart right here. It said this, and he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them, listen to this, and when he had taken him in his arms, I wonder who that child was. To think that they were held by the Savior. You don't think they ever forgot that, I guarantee you. All through life as they grew up, they told their kids, they told their grandkids, hey, you know what? When Jesus was here, He picked me up and held me in His arms. Man, well, wow, that's good, is it not? And notice what He says, verse 37, Whosoever shall receive one of such children of My name receiveth Me. 
And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Almost verbatim what he said in the other verse. And, and for sake of time, I'm not going to turn there, but it's a pretty much exact carbon copy of the same verse in Luke chapter 9, verse 48. Uh, at least three times, Jesus talked about the importance of receiving little children in His name. And by the way, you know what we're going to focus on more as our church begins to grow more and we, we're able to get more room to do so? Uh, reaching children. Amen. Children's ministries, a bus ministry, more Sunday school classes, children's church ministries. Folks, listen, that's the direction of this church. Amen. That's what, that's what we're going. That's where we're going to. That's what we're working toward. Amen. You know why? Because when we receive them, we receive Him. I can't wait until the day we can have our first vacation Bible school. And uh, you say, why haven't we had it yet? Well, folks, listen, okay? Let me tell you what I believe in. I believe if we're going to do something, we're going to do it right. Okay? And I don't want to gather a bunch of kids from the community here and then have no way or no opportunity for them to come back on Sunday. Because truth be told, yeah, we might be able to reach a few kids through if we just did a vacation Bible school, but how are we going to sustain the ones that we reach? And so the next phase, that's why we got to get this building up, amen? That is the next phase of this church. we got to get that building up, not just so we can have a bigger place to meet, so we can have a bigger place to minister. Amen? amen? So we can get the bus ministry going, so we can get the vacation Bible school going, and all this other stuff that we're going to do, amen? And so let, let, let's really make that a matter of prayer and, uh, and ask God to do a miracle when it comes to providing to get our building up. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, there, uh, we, we got to reach the next generation. We got to. The devil's going after them, I can tell you that. Amen? I mean, they're starting at such a young age anymore. The filth they're trying to cram down the throats of young people. If the church isn't there to try to fight some of that off, who's going to do it if we don't? Amen? And so Jesus talked about receiving little children. Uh, go to um, uh, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Let's look here at verse 2. <laughs> I love this verse. Man, I, I, I love the fact that Jesus was always getting under the skin of the religious crowd. I love it. I love it. I mean, they're the ones that gave him the hardest time and all their sanctimonium thought they were, you know, the representatives of God. And Jesus came and blew all that garbage mindset apart. Amen. Notice what he says. Then drew unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. By the way, think about that for a minute. Okay. Listen, publicans and sinners, the refuse of society is what that's talking about. The ones that were considered the, 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 the bottom feeders, if you will. There was something about Jesus they wanted to hear what He had to say. Amen? Look at verse 2. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. They thought that was a negative. Let me tell you, that wasn't a negative about our Savior. That was a positive. Amen? And praise God for that. Jesus received sinners. That song in our songbook, Christ receiveth sinful men. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? And let me tell you something, folks. We must never get to the point where we think we're up here and everybody else is down here. Well, them sinners. No, folks, it wasn't by, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd be in the same place other people find themselves in. Amen. Let me tell you what we must do. We must receive sinners. By the way, you know what Jesus was doing when He was receiving sinners? He wasn't sitting there coddling them in their sin. He wasn't allowing them to make excuses for their sin and, you know, patting them on the head and just encouraging them to turn over a new leaf. No, you know what He was doing? Preaching truth. You know what He was preaching? Repentance of sin. But He did it in such a way, with such love, that they wanted to be around the Savior. 
May it be said of us, folks, that you know what? That the publicans and the sinners want to hear us as well. Because as we have the Spirit of God inside of us and the compassion of God in our heart with a tear in our eye. Uh, listen, by the way, people can tell whether you're real or not. They know whether you're real. They know whether you're putting on a show. But you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to be perfect. Just be real. Amen? Just be full of God. Look, be so full of God that God flows out of you and impacts other people. That's what our Savior did. Man, no wonder Jesus received those publicans and sinners. And then let's look over at one more passage tonight. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And I know we've kind of looked at some you know, I guess uh, enlarged, uh, expanded groups of people Jesus received. But particularly we're talking about tonight our responsibility is one to another as Christians. And let me just say this, folks. If Jesus received publicans and sinners, how much more do you think He would receive the brother? Right? I mean, listen, it, yes, I mean, we're to receive everyone, but particularly, listen, if, if, if God's love can cause you to love a, a publican or a sinner or, you know, people that, that are in the dregs of sin, what makes you think that same love doesn't, wouldn't want you to love the brother and receive the brother? Okay, let's look here. Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. He that is weak in the faith, okay, you know what you're going to find out sometimes? People are weak in the faith, Right? Whether, whether of their own choosing or whether maybe they're just growing and, and they haven't learned, they haven't, you know, uh, learned some things yet. Regardless, there's going to be people weak in faith. Him that is weak in the faith, all right, here's what it says, receive ye. Right? Receive ye. Why in the world do we think that, you know, if a person's struggling, we, we, we wouldn't want them in the church house? Are you kidding me? That's where they need to be. Amen? And they not only need to be here, they need to know that people love them or trying to help them when they come here. Not this, you know, us thinking we're better than other people, looking our nose down on other people. That is not at all what God would have for us to do. But notice what he says, okay? Because it's not just a blank check here. Him that is weak in the faith receive, but not to doubtful disputations. Okay, what he's talking about is the fact that, listen, don't get caught up in their weak faith. Okay, little stumbling blocks here. They can't seem to... By the way, if they're weak in the faith, there's probably a reason they're weak in the faith. They're probably caught up in something they shouldn't be caught up in. Or maybe they got a mind block about something or, or, they're, or they're viewing Scripture in a different way that they shouldn't be viewing it. Okay? Yes, receive them, but don't get caught up in their doubtful disputations. Okay? Don't get caught up in that. For one believeth, he gives an example here, that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him, by the way, if you eat herbs only, you'll be weak. I can tell you that. Amen? All right? Uh, let not him, that, that was a joke, by the way, okay? All right? I happen to be a carnivore. I understand not everybody is. It's all good. Amen? All right? That's what we're talking about, okay? Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Okay, you know what he's saying? There's going to be some things in the Christian life that truth be told really don't matter. It's opinion. This particular example here, you know what? If you want to be a um, vegetarian and I don't want to be a vegetarian, big deal. Who cares? I'm not going to not receive you because you're not going to eat meat and you should not not receive me because I do like to eat meat. Okay? I mean, I think I'm going to enjoy life better because I like meat, okay? But that's okay. You know what? And that's just one, one simple example that was going on back in that day. 
But you know what? We could relate that to multiple examples that go on in our day and age. Now, folks, listen to me. I'm not talking about people who are just blatantly disobeying biblical truth. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, here's what, here, here's what sometimes people like to say. Well, God hasn't convicted me about that yet. Well, wait a minute. If the Bible says to do it or not to do it, God doesn't have to convict you about it if, the, if it's in the Word of God. Okay? And no, it's not just a matter of my opinion versus your opinion. It's a matter of thus saith the Lord. Amen? And I'm not talking about people just blatantly ignoring scriptural truth. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just differences of opinion on things. Okay? And by the way, guess what? We all got opinions, don't we? Okay? And you know what? Truth be told, let's be honest with us. The Bible does not address every opinion a person may have about something. Okay? There's no way it could. I mean, the opinions back then are probably different about things now, but the Bible gives us the biblical truth that we need to live a life that pleases God and the things that uh, we need to live by for our own lives. But you know what? There's going to be different things. I mean, listen, there's no two people on the planet that agree 100% on everything. Okay? Uh, my wife uh, and I, we, man, we've been together so long now. I mean, you know, we, we think alike. It's, it's actually pretty freaky, honestly. You know, she can think things before as, I, as, I, as the wheels are turning, she can almost say sometimes what I'm thinking. And uh, so probably on this planet, she's the person that thinks the most likely, like me. But guess what? Not on everything. Okay, just like last night, I, I was uh, out, out, out in the yard, and I was uh, par- uh, parking Elias' dirt bike in the garage. And, and, of course, I had to park it by taking it the long way around, you know, and, and making sure the throttle was cleared out, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. And nothing was building up in the exhaust and all that stuff. And I got back in the house, my beard was everywhere, and I'm like, man, I love that bike. She looks at me, and she's like, please tell me you're not going to ride a stupid dirt bike. I don't want you to get hurt. I'm like, what are you talking about? That thing's awesome. She's like, you're 42, not 22, all right? Stay off the dirt bike. And I'm like, okay, so we had a different opinion there, okay? But, uh, you know, listen, folks, when it comes down to it, all right, when it comes down to it, we're all going to have different opinions, but that should not keep us from loving one another and receiving one another. Amen? And let me tell you, folks, listen to me, okay? Let's not be more strict than God. Okay? The Bible is hard enough to live just because of the principles that are in it have to deal with sin in the flesh. Why in the world are we complicating it? There's a reason the Bible says not to depart to the right hand or to the left. Okay? Now, most people depart to the left. That means they go too far the other direction. But let me tell you this. I've seen some people go way too far the other direction. And it's like, you know what, they think just because, like for example, all right, it used to be a thing that if a preacher wore any color shirt except white, he wasn't right with God. Oh, I've heard things like that before, okay? And, you know, God forbid it be a pastel collar. Oh, my God, you are a stinking liberal as a preacher if you wear a pastel-colored shirt. Now, personally, I would never be caught dead in a purple or pink shirt, just saying, okay? I would never be caught dead in that. But you know what, I mean, come on, Really? I mean, you really think God up in heaven is concerned whether my shirt's blue or white? I mean, silly stuff like that. That's the type of stupid stuff I'm talking about, all right? Now listen, we got to we, we got to understand that uh, let's just live by the Bible. Let's not get more strict than God. Let's just stick to the Word of God, amen? And let's uh, make sure with the help of the Holy Spirit, by the way, part of what He does is unifies the church, amen? Unity. And, and, and when I say unity... I'm not talking about the world's definition of unity. For sure we're not talking about that. 
We're talking about the biblical definition of unity. Amen? Unified around the Word of God, the Spirit of God. And let me tell you something, that's why the devil all the time is trying to bust that up. Because a church that is unified, hell can't stop. Can't stop. It's, it's, the one, it's the most powerful thing on planet earth is a church that's unified around the Word of God, filled with the Spirit of God, can accomplish anything for the glory of God. Amen? And so, uh, in order for us to do that, though, we've got to make sure we follow this biblical principle and receive one another. Let's pray.